Because of the way the universe is created, we each of us live in two worlds at the same time. We have to live in the outer life of our own bodies and the inner life of our own souls. Hello and welcome to Living the Inner Life. I'm your host, Chris Sheridan, and I want you to join with me on a journey into our inner lives, our thoughts, our feelings, our beliefs, everything that helps shape the way we respond to and interact with the outside world. And if we can utilize our tools of consciousness, we can live a better life, both inner and outer, in our total life. Now, there's a lot of differences in this world, difference of opinion, difference of all kinds, and this is a good time to remind ourselves, and this is why I wanted to bring this up as a topic, is that we are all one, okay? There's one race, the human race. There's one planet. There's one atmosphere. We all breathe the same air. There aren't seven seas. There's one world ocean. Now, we need differences to distinguish one thing from the other, whether that's sea and land, up and down, figure and ground. If everything were the same color and the same shade, we wouldn't know where the edge of the cliff is and we'd quite easily fall off. So we need differences. We need this contrast. It's very important. It's how we can survive in the world. Some animals see movement, so they need this contrast between what's moving and what's not moving. All right? So this oneness that we have is sometimes very hard to wrap our heads around. Now, this is as old as time, and this is the goal of most spiritual traditions, esoteric arts, including alchemy, the one world, the unus mundus, that everything becomes integrated. Carl Jung had his individuation as a way of describing the small s self integrating into the capital S self, this larger self that contains everything that's more than just this facade, more than just the personality, more than just the face that we see in the mirror. Because deep down inside, we are all one. We're not all the same, but we are one. Okay, we are one people. Like all the waves on the ocean, there are thousands, millions, billions of separate, seemingly separate waves on this vast ocean. But underneath it all, they're all connected, and the differences, the distinguishing characteristics of all these waves disappears underneath it. Same with us. Okay, this is something that I think a lot about, especially when there's all this conflict. Okay, competition is fine, and if it's sports teams or if it helps in business, that competition can be healthy, it can spark innovation, it can drive prices down, it can bring about changes that are better for the economy, better for the people, better for the products that people are trying to sell. So a healthy competition is really different than a conflict, okay? We have so much conflict in the world with each other. We have different groups, different political parties, different philosophic beliefs, different scientific viewpoints. As a matter of fact, I always loved The Far Side, the Gary Larson comic strips, and 
often it's some group of scientists bickering with each other. They're all in the same lab. They're all wearing lab coats. They all have PhDs. They all study the same, you know, engineering or archaeological or biological, whatever their scientific discipline is. And they go after each other like it's life or death, like it's cutthroat, uh, which is kind of funny because you'd think they'd all be on the same team. And this, again, is fine with sports teams, with a lot of things. You need to have this competition and this rivalry. Uh, otherwise, you wouldn't bother trying to win the game, right? If there wasn't some sort of incentive or to be competitive. There's an old saying, uh, the question, you know, when was the first car race held? And the answer is the day they built the second car. Okay, then there were two cars and that's the day they had a race, the very first race. There's something innate about that. We have this competitive streak. Personally, I'm not really a competitive person. I believe in cooperation more than competition. Although, again, done correctly, there's nothing wrong with competition. Actually, maybe I should be a little more competitive uh, in, in some areas of my life. Uh, but I love cooperation, and that means things operating together, cooperation, okay? And consensus is a way of bringing about different points of view and arriving at some common ground where there are fundamentals that we all agree on. But the difference and the devil is in the details, okay? It's these little specific differences you know, the Hatfields and the McCoys. Sometimes they're very arbitrary. Sometimes they're very old. They're old culturally, one group against another group of people or of religion against another religion. Okay, they have long histories. And at this point, maybe they've even forgotten what it is that sparked the initial competition or rivalry or conflict. And it's just done by habit, okay, over the years, all right? And there's a real danger with that. But to illustrate how kind of silly and in some ways how important <laughs> these differences are, let's take a look at favorite foods, all right? Now, you could get a room full of people and you could probably realize that most of them have a favorite food. Maybe everybody does. A preferential meal that they like to eat. Something that's good for the palate. Something they enjoy to eat that's good for their composition, their body chemistry, their culture, their beliefs. Somebody has a favorite food. This room full of people, they all have a favorite food. So that makes everybody the same. But is it all the same favorite food? Is the food the same, the food choice? Not at all. You could have 100 people. Every single one has a favorite food, and you could have 100 different versions of favorite food. And what happens is we get in this conflict of, well, my favorite food is this, and your favorite food is that. Well, I don't want to eat that. What's wrong with you? Why don't you eat this? I've, that's crazy. And we get lost in this, and it becomes more important. It's not unnecessary, okay? There's nothing wrong with having difference of opinion, difference 
of choice when it comes to a favorite food. Okay? The point is, what's your favorite food? What's this other person's favorite food? What's hers? What's his? Okay? And to celebrate that, to say, wow, okay, maybe a vegan or vegetarian uh, might be sitting next to a carnivore, and they most likely will have different foods. They may not like each other's food. There may be very strong emotional feelings towards somebody else's food choice and the environmental impact and the animal torture or misery, I guess, uh, you could uh, conceive of that, uh, that might go into producing the other person's favorite food. And that can be a great difference. Okay, it can spark emotions and conflict. There can be protests. There can be favorite food A on one side of the street yelling at favorite food B on the other side. And it's a big mess. Okay, and all the while we get so caught up in these differences that we lose sight of the fact that, well, I have a favorite food and you have a favorite food. That makes us the same. Now, your favorite food may be very different than mine. I don't expect you to like my favorite food, and I don't expect me <laughs> to eat your favorite food either, okay? And we can get in this conflict of really wrapping ourselves around what we think is really important. So what's more important to you, maybe, okay, to me, let's just use me. To me, it's important that I get my favorite food, whatever that is. I like a lot of things. I couldn't even pick one right now. Uh, depends on my appetite, and I eat just about anything, uh, anything that's reasonably healthy, a lot of processed, a lot of sugary, a lot of fast food I definitely stay away from. Um, but that's just me. And I want to honor the fact that somebody else has a different favorite food that they enjoy. I'm not them, okay? They have their own body chemistry, their own background, their own cultural history, um, anything and everything that goes in, just even palate, even just taste, even taste buds uh, may process food differently in another person than mine do with me. So instead of getting wrapped up in, well, this is my favorite food, and oh no, that's your favorite food, and how different that is, recognize that, but honor the fact that it's this person's favorite food, okay? And they can honor the fact that you're eating your favorite food, and you would have the right to your own favorite food. Okay, now again, this is kind of a silly example, but it illustrates the point, because the same would be true with political leanings. Okay, and there's a lot of competition in politics, and I live in the United States, in case you're listening uh, from points elsewhere on the globe, and it's kind of messy. It's actually very messy here, and it's really frustrating because uh, we get so focused on these differences. And meanwhile, what's important, what should be the same for everybody, right? We all kind of want the same thing. We want to be able to eat our favorite foods. We want to educate our children. Uh, we want to go to work. We want to live our lives. We want to worship. 
I talk about differences in favorite foods. What about differences in religion? Wars have been fought. Probably still to this day, there's wars, battles on some level going on, with whether it's religious or ideological or an economic system, uh, a system of government uh, becomes so conflicting when somebody else has their own idea on what that is. And wars can be fought. Okay? But even different governments, you know, each government for one, like a government on one country's side uh, would want what's best for their people, what's best for their culture. Maybe they want to preserve their heritage and their uh, boundary lines if it's a nation state. Same with another country. They may be different ideas on that. But I really believe in a live and let live. And I want to honor that in you. If you worship God uh, in a certain way, or the gods, maybe there's multiple gods, uh, maybe it's an angry, wrathful God, maybe it's a benevolent, loving God, maybe it has four arms, <laughs> it could be blue, uh, it could be invisible and up in the clouds somewhere, it could be in nature. The point is, it's not as important that you see the God that I see and uh, that you believe what I believe or that I am somehow supposed to believe what you believe. The point is you believe. If you believe in something, if you have faith in something, well, and if that helps you in your life, well, great. I have a different version of that, and that helps me in my life. And my friends who are atheists, who don't believe in any God, and everything's just random chance, and, you know, we're one and done in this life, and you're food for worms when it's all over, and it just goes to black like it never happened. Well, that's okay. If that works for you in your life, if it helps make sense of the world, if it helps you get by in the earth and among other earthlings, and it makes sense to your worldview, we all have different worldviews, we all have different points of view, then that's great. Now, we don't have to be culturally or geographically separate. We could grow up in the same family, sort of sibling rivalry, huh? You know, same parents, same house, same dinner time, same food, same family vacation, pretty much same everything, go to the same elementary school and high school. Uh, but there can be vast differences and there can be great conflicts between members of the same family living under the same roof. So we don't have to really be that separate, really that far apart to have these differences. So the point is I want to get to is that we respect each other's differences, even if it goes against what I feel. Okay, I want to be strong and secure enough in my beliefs that they won't be tarnished if somebody else questions them or disagrees uh, with my particular favorite food or religion or political leaning or anything like that. Okay, now in politics, when it comes to uh, an election, well then, yeah, it's kind of like a horse race or a football game or something like that. There's a winner and there's, you know, somebody else who doesn't uh, take the prize. Uh, and that's okay. That's the way the system is uh, designed and that's how it works. But I would respect somebody else's right to 
vote on the issue or on the candidate the way that they see fit, even if it goes against, even if I, even if I really, really don't like the other candidate. Well, maybe somebody else does. Okay. And we can't expect everybody to like the same thing. There is not, I believe, a one size fits all, whether it's food or religion or anything like that, at least on the specific level, on the surface level. Okay, on the fundamental level, like I was talking about the waves of the ocean on the surface, they're dramatically different. There's big ones, there's small ones, there's pointy ones, there's rolling ones, there's all different kinds of waves <laughs> on the surface. And underneath it, there aren't really waves, it's just the water, okay, that connects all the waves together. So if we can get past the surface details and this facade, this mask, this persona, behind that, underneath it, inside that, we are all the same, okay? We all want the same things in life. We want to survive. We want to raise our families. We want to be alone, if that's particularly what <laughs> individually we want to do. We want uh, health. We want good economic uh, abilities to have the things and do the things uh, that we need and want in this world, okay? And it's gotten to the point where I think culturally we've lost that, okay? And this, all this, these different boxes that you check off on a form, I'm a this, I'm a this race, I'm this height, I'm this weight, I'm grew up in this town. Well, I have this kind of disability. I have, you know, I have all kinds of things. Celebrate these differences. The differences are great. Okay. I love different food. I like meeting different kinds of people. I like listening to people who have different religious and philosophic views than I have. Sometimes that influences me and I can be exposed to something, whether it's, I guess I must be hungry. I'm just going back to food again. Um, and I can try something that maybe I wouldn't have been exposed to before. So thankfully, there's these different restaurants, if you live in a big enough town, or at least a diverse enough community, uh, where you can sample things, you can try things, you can, you know, see, wow, how, how this might taste, or this might feel, or a different point of view. Okay, if you study comparative mythology, comparative religion, comparative philosophy, you know, there's this perennial wisdom that no matter all the differences on the surface, there's an underlying unity. There's an underlying oneness. And that's really prevalent in some of the greatest spiritual traditions. Okay? The fatherhood of God, that we are all God's children. We all share the same parent, meaning we're all siblings, we're all in the same family. And like families, sometimes don't get along, but we're all connected, okay? We can't remove ourselves. No man is an island, all right? We're not that separate. Now, it is important to be different and to be yourself, to be individual, to express your uniqueness. That's great. And here's something that might either clear it up or make it more confusing. If 
we all are unique, complete like a snowflake, completely different from each other. Okay? Vastly different. You can distinguish, I'll get a billion people in a room and no two are alike. Okay? Every single one of them is different in a very distinguishable, very noticeable way. Okay? We are still the same. Okay? We are still one. There's still this oneness that is underneath it all, that is really the foundation of everything. All these differences, and yet we are all the same. Okay? So, we are all one, and it takes all these different parts to become one, one in the indivisible sense. But if you add everything up, all the billions of like infinity, if you add everything up together, you have one infinity. <laughs> okay? It's all one. It's all one planet. It's all one human race. We're all earthlings. We're all human beings. And this is what we do. So being different is so important. It's great. It's, it's really, if we all look the same and dress the same, had the same haircut and ate the same food and drove the same car, life would be pretty boring. Okay. I don't, again, I don't believe in this one size fits all. One food works for everyone. One God, one religion, one anything works for everybody. But as I was starting to talk about being a snowflake, and as snowflake, I mean an actual frozen droplet of rainwater, an actual snowflake. If no two are alike, on the surface, you look on a microscope and you say, wow, every single one of these is different. They're all the same in the sense that they are frozen water crystals. Okay, they're made out of the same thing. They all have to be below 32 degrees Fahrenheit or zero degrees Celsius, or they melt. Okay? And atmospherically, the way snow is generated, they came about the same way. They're going to melt the same way. They're, you know, maybe different sizes, different shapes, certainly different crystal patterns, infinitely different, infinite variety, but they're all the same. And if we are all unique, what makes us the same is our uniqueness. Okay, it's a quality that we all share. If we're all human beings, we all have a favorite food, we all have a god or non-god that we worship or don't worship, um, we all listen to music, we all have books or movies that we enjoy, or anything else culturally or in nature, or anything that either humans or nature has designed and left for us to enjoy and to utilize in this world. Okay. Are unique? We're all unique. You get a billion people and there's a billion different ones. They're all unique. The uniqueness itself is a property that everybody shares. All right. So it's kind of a paradox but it's really something to think about. Let's celebrate our differences. Let's connect and trade and share and learn from each other and also respect the choices, the values that somebody else has, even if they go against yours, and know that underneath it all, each person is just expressing what it is they believe to be true 
for them. Don't have to impose and really shouldn't impose your values on somebody else and expect them to go along with it, nor would you want somebody else doing that to you. Okay, so we all have a favorite food. We are all unique in our own special, wonderful way, and we are all richer if we can share that with each other, whether we like it or not, whether we try this food and it doesn't taste good. Uh, it doesn't work for me. But hey, if it works for you, great. More for everybody, okay? Let's recognize and really appreciate the fact that underneath all these differences, we are so much the same on this archetypal level, and we are all one. We are all connected, interconnected, interdependent, and it takes all of us working together to make this whole thing called life work out. And thank you for spending a little bit of your time with me here on Living the Inner Life. <music>